And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, it was a good one today. <laughs> a fun show today. I was joined by my friend Nick Lindquist. Always a great time talking to Nick. Um, I, uh, you know, a trigger warning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, went, I went hard today. I went hard in the paint today. Um, kind of a doom and gloom episode with uh, pretty dire predictions about the future of the Republic. So if you can't handle that, then please tune out now. You've been warned. Uh, and I would be—I'd love to be wrong about everything I, I said on the show uh, today, but I—I uh, I don't think I am. Uh, but I think you guys will enjoy the episode. Uh, before we get to Nick, guys, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Bulk Munitions, ladies and gentlemen. Buy firearms, please. Buy as many firearms as you can afford, or heck, buy a 3D printer and print firearms. Whatever is your fancy, but, uh, you know, no point to own guns if you can't find any ammo. And that is where bulk munitions come in. They have you covered. Uh, whatever you need, uh, bulk munitions has in stock, whether you're looking for uh, 223 or 556 or 9mm or, or whatever. If you don't have an AR or a 9, if you need 40, 45, 357, uh, 38 special, 12 gauge, 22, whatever you need, they have in stock, ready to ship fast. It's not on their website if they don't have it in stock, ready to ship. All orders ship uh, within two business days, no more waiting around. Um, and, and these folks are great. I love working with sponsors that share our values here at the No Gimmicks Podcast, and Bulk Munitions absolutely do. Uh, they started the company because while there are a number of other decent online ammo retailers, uh, those guys are looking up for their own best interests. The folks at Bulk Munitions uh, want their work to serve a higher purpose. That's why they tithe at least 10 percent of their profits to christian-based and second amendment supporting non-profits great stuff there and if all that isn't great enough they're giving this audience a limited time offer the first 25 of you savages to use the promo code tngp21 will receive a uh absolutely free blackhawk magazine case on the house either a soft-sided case for pistol mags or a hard-sided case for ar-15 mags uh, that is on the house uh, on any order over a hundred bucks using the promo code TNGP21. You can check out the order right now at Bulk Munitions, uh, the, the special offer rather, right now at bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. That is bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. Use the promo code TNGP21 to get that free Blackhawk magazine case. And guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, you can support us monthly over on Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Nick Linquist. All right, guys. We're here with my brother, Nick Linquist. Nick, how have you been, man? Pretty good. Can't complain. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Getting all settled in with a new place. I, I see that you've uh, recovered well from the, the Rona. I think you were uh, suffering a little bit last time you were on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I had it when I was on the show last. Yeah, I'm I'm fully recovered. It was it, honestly, I mean, it was like two days, really bad, and then I was pretty much fine after that. Without the, well, I couldn't taste or smell, but that other than that, <laughs> I was fine. Texas is a bad place to not be able to taste stuff because food is pretty great in Texas. Yeah. In Ohio, it's not that big of a a hit to take, but Texas, that's that's rough, man. It was, yeah. Not being able to taste barbecue. 
Oof. Crime against humanity. The CCP, CCP, man, they must be held accountable for that. Right, exactly, for taking away my ability to taste barbecue for a couple weeks. And the concentration camps and, and stuff. That uh, too, yeah. Um, so, look, man, I hope I don't get you, like, fired from your job today. I um, <laughs> I, I take a lot of heat on this podcast for going too far and, and being too hyperbolic and stuff, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this episode. Because um, the, the topics we're going to discuss really... You know, they really grind my gears. Joe Biden is working with uh, private corporations to develop universal vaccine passports. Um, man, uh, these, these people are committed. These people are committed to capitalizing on this virus. Um, and this is the end game, man. I, I really think this is the end game. This could mean the end of privacy, uh, medical privacy, the complete control over the movement of the American people. I mean, really, I, I don't think that's too that's going too far. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, not Joe Biden, he's not really with us, but there's a lot of people within government that they see their utopia you know they see their their socialist utopia i mean i'd love to be wrong but it really seems like we're in the end game i think this is the big one i think this is the super bowl um i don't know i hope you disagree i mean please change my mind (laughs) i think that the vaccine passports so people are getting tired of lockdowns and businesses being closed even in blue states and that's why states like connecticut are opening and even New York is is starting to open. So now that they've lost that ability to control people, they need a new way. And I think that the vaccine passport, honestly, it controls people even more than like the lockdowns and um, the travel restrictions and all that did. Because now the government has direct control over who can and can't be in public if they have these these universal vaccine passports across the country so it's pretty scary um i'm sure people like dr fauci love it but um he also doesn't want vaccinated grandparents to see their grandchildren so i don't really i don't really trust his judgment farther than i can throw it no no you're absolutely right and a lot of you know, right wingers you know the dc republican types and not just the the typical offenders not just the feckless you know, Beltway Republican types, but even smart folks, friends of mine, are still holding out. And even though Biden is, it, it, the administration is saying, yes, they are working towards <laughs> creating these vaccine passports, a lot of Republicans are still holding out. Well, you know, isn't that kind of conspiratorial? Maybe they won't actually go through with it. What To those people, I say, what about this last year? What have you learned <laughs> in the last 13 months, say, that would lead you to believe that the Democrats won't do literally anything they have to do to enact vaccine passports they absolutely will and this is the hill to die on like i I don't know if there's very many hills left uh if we lose this one like i I don't know if we take this hit i I don't know if we recognize the country yeah i i mean it's and and to say it's conspiratorial i mean the administration is literally talking about it so it's not a conspiracy it's it's actually happening it's not something that you have to guess if it'll happen or not um they might not follow through with it, but the fact that they're even talking about it is alarming in itself. And um, it is kind of weird to see a lot of Republicans in D.C. not like, you know, f- pushing back on things like this. Also, things like gun control now, which is insane to me in the minimum wage hikes. Like we're just kind of losing everything we've been fighting for for decades to for no reason. It's it's kind of weird to me. Yeah, if, if that's conservatism, then I don't want to be a conservative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not—what are you conserving? Like, I, I just don't—I 
I don't understand. I mean, you're not even defending your own positions any, anymore. And, like, I just don't understand why a lot of these, these folks that we're referencing, they don't see the degeneracy of what the Democrats have been up to this last year. They don't—they're don't, they're not calling tyranny by its name, which is tyranny. Like, they'd never— be okay with tyranny in other countries, but they're fine with it from our government. But, like, tyranny is tyranny. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, these people would never say, like, you know, we got to wait and see. We can't rush to judgment. Let's wait and see if Iran would actually use nukes to murder every Jew in the Middle East. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they were bluffing. <laughs> like, wait, what if the Democrats been bluffing this last year? They arrested pastors. They, they made us wear a mask for a year. They, they shut down the world economy. They arrested pastors for the crime of preaching the gospel. Okay, like these people are not bluffing. Okay, and they're not the Ayatollah. They don't have long beards and funny hats, but they have titles like governor and senator and president and things like that. I mean, the, tyranny is tyranny, brother. I, I don't care what they look like. And if we don't draw the line here, we're going to lose more than any of us realize, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And honestly, like when in recent years have the Democrats ever been blushing? They always. Like, this is something that I think Republicans really need to learn. Democrats, when they say these things, they usually try to follow through with them. They're, like, usually serious about getting whatever they want done. And then uh, us, on the other hand, we tend to promise more than we actually deliver. And, um, you know, a few Republicans always put a snag in whatever we're trying to do. So I I agree. I think um, there's no way they're blushing. They're... They're very rarely doing that, and, um, you know, I think we should all probably be pretty vigilant about this and take it seriously. Yeah, and I just don't—this uh, might get me in trouble, but, like, I, I just don't understand the uh, the Democrats won't actually do blank line. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, won't do what? They won't actually do vaccine passports? or And then, and then you know, the, the, the Republican line will— be i don't know democrat they won't actually keep vaccine passports after the pandemic's over oh they won't abuse vaccine passports and 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 expand them to cover a variety of other things they would never do that democrats won't actually do what bomb a doctors without borders hospital in yemen (laughs) democrats won't do what won't actually send the atf to texas to murder women and children (laughs) i mean like dude these people these people these people are not like you and i these politicians like they won't do what Democrats won't do what? Send reporters to Moscow to report that Soviet communism is the future? I mean, like, whatever whatever you could say, the Democrats won't actually blank. They've done ten times worse than that. Okay, like, I just don't—and and you're right about, you know, when Democrats are in power, they get things done. Republicans don't. That's because we have governing principles, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. We actually care about that stuff. These people just don't have governing principles. Like, it's just power. Like, power is their principle. Like, and power is not a principle. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it turns into tyranny. But, like, these people just don't have a governor on their motor, man. They just don't have that like we do. Right. Yeah, and they use emergencies like <clears throat> like this coronavirus or, you know, anything perceived as an emergency. They use it to expand their power. And even if they scale most of it back, they always leave some of it. And that's caused... That's why, like, World War One and World War Two both significantly expanded the size of the government permanently. And the same thing's going to happen now if we don't push back while these things aren't permanent parts of the government. Like, once we've normalized things like vaccine passports, they're never going to go away. Yeah. So it's it's up to us now to push back on it. 
and make sure that that doesn't become a permanent part of our society. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if we don't push back, it's just going to become normal. It's just like what happened with Social Security and Medicare and all these big programs that are expensive and are going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, run us into the ground eventually. I mean, the same thing's going to happen here. And you have, people have to understand, passports themselves were a, a temporary program. It was, yes. was it World War II or World War I? It may have been World War One. I. I think it was World War One. yeah. It, it was a wartime temporary program to limit the movement of Americans abroad. Um, yeah, that, that that wasn't a temporary program, guys. <laughs> I mean, try to cross. I mean, try to go to Win Detroit to Windsor without a passport. You're in trouble, bud. But like, you know, nothing nothing is as uh, as permanent as a temporary government program. But like, what people need to understand about the difference between conservatives and and leftists in terms of us having govern uh, governing principles and leftists not having governing principles. Like, people call AOC a hypocrite. But she's not. AOC is remarkably transparently consistent like she's not being a hypocrite when she went to the southern border crying about kids in cages and then she ignores it uh when when biden's president her only principle is crushing republicans so she's being completely honest and consistent i mean she she's lying that she cares about kids in cages those lie those tears were lies but i mean she's being she's not a hypocrite she wants to crush you if you're a republican that is her governing principle so anything she doesn't view it as as bad to be a hypocrite on some random policy point on the border, anything she can do to crush Republicans fits into her moral worldview, right? Like that is her governing principle. So she's being consistent. That, so calling them out, calling them hypocrites or whatever, like it, that doesn't work because they know that. Like they know that they don't care. They don't care that they're being hypocritical. Like I've seen people um, saying like, oh, well, you know, you, you don't want an ID to vote, but you want to you know, passport papers to to leave your house or like oh you know gay dudes with aids don't have to carry around an aids card or whatever like no no they know that they just don't care (laughs) it's about crushing you it's about power it's not about consistency or anything like that right yep no you're you're totally right and that's what they're um you know that's what a lot of their voting base wants yeah they want they just want republicans crushed and you know like especially with the younger generation of Democrats, I feel like they don't, they don't, you know, they care the least about policy. They want, well, they care about policies that are crazy, but more importantly, they want Republicans crushed by any means possible. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, that's just the fact of it. And, um, and it's, you know, we don't, I mean, obviously we want to defeat Democrats, but I feel like it's in a different manner than they than they um, treat us, but um, yeah, no, it's it's totally they're they're totally being consistent when they do things like this, especially AOC. I agree. I don't think, you know, I've never really thought of her as a hypocrite. I feel like she's pretty <laughs> pretty consistent and she sticks to her crazy ideas, <laughs> um, which is more than can be said for others. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree there. No politician or pundit. I mean, it's it's not just the politicians. It's not just Congress. Any right. any commentator um, who supports vaccine passports or doesn't even doesn't actively oppose them is unfit for uh, for public office ever, um, or they're unfit to have an audience. Like if, if there's conservative commentators or somebody who doesn't join the fight against this, 
they should be discredited forever. Like they they probably shouldn't. Uh, they should probably get a job somewhere else. And and I, I really mean that. And I'm watching you. You know, conservative, my fellow conservative commentators. Like we we need to watch these people. Like your move, your move, the dispatch. And I like a lot of those guys. I I, I like a lot of those guys. I read a lot of their stuff. But your move. Are you gonna get in the fight with us or not? I mean, because this is this is serious, man. We're talking primary anybody. Yeah. Any, anybody who who goes along with this primary immediately. I don't yeah. care if we lose the seat. Like this is the end game, man. Unsubscribe. Like if 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 an outlet, if anybody, if me, if I if I change my mind on this, please unsubscribe from my podcast. If <laughs> if Ben Shapiro, if Glenn Beck, if any, not that those guys would, but if any of them fall short on this issue. They should be run out of politics. They they really should. This is the fight of of the decade, I, and I really do believe that. And trust me, if if it ends up being no big deal, I would love to be wrong. <laughs> I'd love to be wrong about this man more than anything. But I think this is an all hands on deck, DefCon one kind of situation. And if you don't fight with us now, you're you're useless, right? I mean, you're you're just you're dead to us as, as conservatives. Yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, it's interesting you brought up the the primarying thing because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know I've I've long thought that we should use primaries more as a way to either get better Republicans into office or pressure the Republicans already in office to actually do what Republicans want them to do. Right. And um, you know this is a good opportunity for that. I always see you know I've. I've even suggested, you know, let's primary Kinzinger, like let's yeah. like let's put the heat on him to actually be a conservative in Congress and people have criticized me for that and you know, I just I I don't really care anymore. I think we do need to do these things if we want to actually get done what we want to get done. We need Republicans in there that we can rely on to deliver for what they were elected to do. Percentage chance Kinzinger supports vaccine passports 100% or 105%. I can see it just because he seems to very much like to stand against the GOP for no reason. Dude, so, he wants to ban yeah. AR15s, man. The guy it's is insane. he's a far I mean, left guy at this point. Like I swear Trump has just broken some dude's brains, man. Like it is wild. It is wild to watch. And I hated a lot of stuff that Trump did. Most mostly the left-wing stuff that Trump did. But man, like if you if you're if your brain is so fragile, if your principles are so fragile that they can be broken by some orange dude from Queens, like, yikes, that does not say anything good about you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, like, even, like, pundits, like, um, you know, they've never been great, but they were never, like, completely psychotic, like um, like Charlie Sykes and yeah. all them. The Char Bulwark, Charlie Sykes is a good example, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, I mean... Well, Jen Rubin's always been deranged, but yeah. she's really gone off the rail. Like, yeah, I, it's it's amazing how many people uh, this this orange man got all <laughs> riled up, and they're still riled up, and now they're trying to attack other Republicans that have had even a remote relationship with Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, man, and it's uh, and it's not just the crazy people; it's people that that I like and respect and and stuff too. Like yeah. it's. You know, a couple months ago on um, on, uh, on on Jonah Goldberg's podcast, he was he said uh, he was talking about Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, Ron DeSantis is the best governor we've got. Uh, he's definitely the, should be the next president of the United States. Um, I I think 
and you can't, it can't be a conservative and, and oppose Ron DeSantis. The dude's been a rock star. But uh, Jonah said he said the the craziest thing. He said, um, I, I'm I'll misquote him, but I'm just generally he said something along the lines of, you know, well, I can, I'll never forgive Ron DeSantis for for how he campaigned, you know, but maybe the press is a little bit too hard on him as governor of Florida. It's like, dude, he's a rep- he was trying to win the uh, governorship of Florida, a state that Trump won two years before, and they're from the same party. So, like, yeah, he had Trump at some campaign events. So, like, you're saying you will oppose any Republican that has ever said anything nice about Donald Trump, which means every Republican except for Adam Kinzinger. Every single every <laughs> single Republican. My goodness. Mitt Romney wanted a job in the cabinet. You going to oppose everything Mitt Romney does, too? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, where does, where does it end? It makes no sense. Yeah, that one particular is is interesting because, you know, Romney wanted a job in the cabinet and then didn't get it and then went right back into his like, oh, we can't stand with <laughs> Just... Donald Trump. But, yeah, I remember um, I remember Jonah saying that, actually. I listened to that that episode and I was I had the same reaction. I was like, this is weird. Like, you know, Ron DeSantis is probably the best chance we have in 2024 at actually delivering a quality presidency and you're going to like not even defend him for campaigning the way he had to campaign to win his state in 2020. Like I'm just, or it, you know, the last time he ran. So it's just, yeah, I was like, this is, this is weird. Um, yeah. and I had the same reaction. Like we need, we need people that are actually going to stick up for, for what we need to do. And um, a lot of people aren't willing to do that, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Real quick, before I let you go, man, I know we have to cut it a little short here today. Um, Biden and, and congressional Democrats want uh, another $2 trillion <laughs> in unfunded oh spending, uh, this time for infrastructure. Man, like, just, really? Infrastructure right now? Like, $2 trillion in new roads, like, right now during a pandemic and stuff? Like, wow. With the economy in shambles? Like, just brilliant. But, like, at a certain point, do we have to assume that the destruction of the U.S. dollar and uh, inflation slash hyperinflation is the goal? <laughs> like, on, honestly, like, is it the goal? Like, is chaos the goal, not an unintended consequence? Because, like, even the Keynesians, even Keynesian, uh, Keynesian economists don't think printing this much money this fast is a good idea. I mean, it's right. like I, I start to wonder if, like, they, they want it, <laughs> if, they, if they want the next crash. Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe not. Maybe that's going too far. But it's like nobody with any basic elementary childlike understanding of how economies work thinks that this is a good idea no it's not and i was pretty amazed not that amazed but pretty shocked how fast people started talking about more checks like as checks just got passed and i didn't get my be- checks i didn't get my the last round of checks you didn't no oh, wow that's yeah. weird yeah me and my wife didn't my parents didn't my brother didn't Oh, that's crazy, actually, to me. Yeah, I know. Like, whoa. But, yeah, I was just, like, amazed how fast. And I think this is just the new normal. It's pretty sad. Like, we went from the Obama years where we fought, like, I think it was an $800 billion stimulus package to, like, oh, well, let's be conservative and spend $1 trillion instead of $4 trillion. It's like we've devolved. We're going backwards. In and, the last uh, year, we've printed $6 trillion on top of our four trillion a year budget, which we're right. running a one trillion a year deficit. <laughs> yeah. So in the last year, we could have afforded three trillion 
our, our typical budget of three trillion, you know, down from the actual budget of four trillion. We could afford three trillion, and instead we spent nine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, ten. Exactly. We spent ten. We spent ten trillion. We could afford three trillion. So we added yep. seven trillion onto the national debt in the last thirteen months. Ugh, yeah, it's crazy, man. And I think this infrastructure, quote unquote, package is really just Joe Biden, you know, delivering his his spoils to the to the unions and making sure that they all have work because they supported him through his whole campaign. So, right. and if you read the fine print in this infrastructure package, it uh, bans right to work nationwide. <laughs> so it's, like, it's literally just written by the the union lobbyist man. It's it's crazy, but it's like. It goes back to not having governing principles either, like banning right to work in 27 states that have it is a part of a ridiculous, unfunded $2 trillion infrastructure package. It's like, man, obviously I'm against spending money, but like Republicans need to fight with these. You, you mentioned this before we started the podcast. Republicans need to fight with the same kind of tactics. You know what I mean? Just start, yeah. in, just start burying random awesome stuff <laughs> in bills. It's like, all right, this will fund uh, some program for the arts and also constitutional carry in all 50 states. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> screw it, man. Let's have some fun, buddy. Yeah, and then you can go, oh, well, Democrats are anti-arts. They and, don't like music? Like... <laughs> Who doesn't <laughs> like music? Racists. That's, you Racists know, that's... don't like music. Yeah. <laughs> that's like one reason that I actually have really enjoyed – the way Mitch McConnell has been has been functioning, you know, when he when he had the majority, because he actually started doing things like this, and uh, I think he was even better at it than than Chuck Schumer is now, who couldn't even pass the uh, minimum wage hike. Yeah, he's just Schumer. He he's he's good at the only thing Schumer's good at is whipping the other uh, the Democrats into line. He's not good at actually getting—he just doesn't have the intellect. Like, Mitch is a lot smarter than he is, I think, right. uh, and just doesn't—I don't know. And plus, he just acts crazy and says crazy stuff all the time, and Mitch doesn't really say anything, and when he does talk, you can't understand him anyway, so it's like, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lets other people do the talking. Um, yeah, that's very true. But yeah, Republicans, they just don't have the balls that the right. Democrats have. You know, they would never put something this bold into a completely unrelated bill. You know, but I wish they, you know, like the next spending package, just bacon sandwiches every day, free of charge for Brady Leonard. Like, just throw something like that in there. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I think so too. Um, the, uh, you know, when we failed to repeal Obamacare, that was my, that was my radicalization moment with um, Republicans not being able to get things done in Congress. Yeah, I think that red pilled a lot of people. Seeing John yeah. McCain just can't, he oh, campaigned on. Uh, not to speak ill of the dead, but, you know, he campaigned on repealing Obamacare, like, what, four months previous? <laughs> like, it was right after the election. And then he immediately does the opposite. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. I That that was a, definitely a, a radicalizing moment. I think that and, uh, obviously, Brett Kavanaugh radicalized a yes. lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that radicalized they, a lot of people. Have. And you know what? Like, Brett... I mean, of the justices, isn't even really my favorite. But no. the way he was treated, just as a person, I was like, "Oh my God, this is yeah." You, you're trying to destroy a man's life for just a political show. Like this is insane. Yeah, that was definitely a radicalization moment for me too. Yeah, and I, I said on this podcast over and over during that whole ridiculous process back in 2018 that uh. It, that I thought he was going to suck <laughs> on the bench. And he hasn't been great. He's been okay, but, you know, 
kind of John Roberts-ish, maybe a little bit better. But, I, I mean, I said at the time, this guy's probably going to suck and let the right down, but this is the most important. It is extraordinarily important that he is that he is appointed to the Supreme Court because the Democrats can't learn that they can just destroy a man for absolutely no reason. You know? Exactly. And I think, exactly. that, I think what we're seeing right now with the vaccine passports is the next freaking Ali Frazier after Brett Kavanaugh. I think this is the most important thing. I think this is actually more important than Brett Kavanaugh, but this is the most important political fight that's happened since the Kavanaugh hearings, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think it's um, it's definitely equally important, so maybe more important. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree there. Yeah, man. And uh, look, get in the game, guys. Like, we got like conservatives are great at saying, you know, no, this isn't the hill to die on, and then we just cede ground to the left. Well, I don't know, man. I don't think there's that many hills left. We we've given up so much ground. We've given up so much um, in the last couple years, and uh, this is it. This is it. Yeah. We better not lose this, or uh, or there goes the country. I think. Nick, where can uh, everybody read your stuff and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, follow me on Twitter, Nick underscore Lindquist. And then um, you can read all my stuff at nicklindquist.com. Everybody follow Nick. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.